Welcome to Good Vibes and Goats by Spotted Dog Acres, the podcast that takes you on a journey to explore the realms of wellness, metaphysics, and all things holistic. Each week, I invite you to join me on an enlightening adventure as I sit down with remarkable guests, knowledgeable and experienced wellness and metaphysical practitioners who will share their wisdom, insights, and transformative experiences. I'm your host, Ryan Tuliet, co-owner of Spotted Dog Acres, a holistic hobby farm. Neither myself nor this week's guest are medical practitioners. As such, the topics discussed in this show should not be taken as medical advice. If you have a medical problem, please discuss it with your doctor. This week's episode, The Power of Meditation, we welcome Lisa Gennady, Kundalini Yoga instructor, intuitive life coach, retreat facilitator, and sound healer, to discuss the benefits of embracing a meditative practice. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us today and being on the show. Do you want to go ahead and take a minute to introduce yourself? Sure, I would love to do that. Thanks so much, Ryan, for asking me on. I love being able to uh, come on podcasts and share a little bit about myself and what I do and my mission really in life. So thank you so much for that. Um, for me, always the hardest time is like what I'm going to say to describe yourself. And I'd like to turn it around and say the same thing to you. Ryan, who are you? And how would you like the world to know you? And nowadays, it's very interesting because people talk about your elevator pitch and how you introduce yourself and what is it that makes you important that would make me want to even hear anything you have to say. So I think about this a lot because I have taken on many roles and it also goes along with meditation. So my name is Lisa Gennady, and I'm going to end it with I am, because there's a meditation that we teach, which is called the Who Am I Meditation. And it begins with saying, I am Lisa Gennady. Okay, I'm Lisa Gennady. But before I became Lisa Gennady, I was Lisa Alpert. Okay, well, I was Lisa Alpert. Well, I am a daughter. I'm a mother. I'm a teacher. I'm a yoga instructor, I'm a meditation instructor, I'm a Reiki master, I'm a healer, I facilitate retreats. I mean, the list could go on and on and on and on, but what role am I playing at the moment? Right now, I am an interviewee or interviewer, interviewee, that's who I am in this role right now, and you asked me to come on as an expert, per se, in meditation. So who am I for this podcast I am Lisa Gennady, intuitive life coach, who is coming to speak to you today about the role that meditation has played in my life and how I have then helped others use meditation to grow in terms of their own self-awareness. So I think that would be a nice way to start with who I am and how to introduce myself and also give a little bit of food to people to think about how would they describe themselves as who they are and what role they're playing. So... um, a lot of times there's so many things that um, envelop who we are and so many different aspects of our life that when people ask that question, it's kind of, it does get into that elevator pitch kind of thing. And it's like, well, who, who am I? And sometimes we have to confront that. And, and it's challenging because who I was yesterday is different than who I am today and is different than who I'm going to be tomorrow. But at the core essence, I'm still the same. So who is that? pure essence, that true you, that authentic self. And that is one of the reasons to meditate. 
so we can dissolve away the maya, the illusion of all these roles that we are playing and walking and experiencing so we could find out who we really are. And that's one of the beauties of meditation. I love that. And it definitely is a beautiful thing, or it can be a beautiful thing. It helps people to get in tune with themselves and we'll dive more into it all throughout this episode. But I think that, um, I think that you're definitely hitting all of the right points there. So what I also wanted to say is um, I'd like to just begin by saying, if you ask me, what is meditation? Meditation is the doorway to the self. That's what it is. You sit with you. And I have so many people saying to me, I can't meditate. My mind is so busy. I can't meditate. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's because there's a disconnect between you really wanting to know who you are and feeling it. We distract ourselves with so many things, television and, and, you know, eating and um, just life in general, all, everything in life gets in the way of us really wanting to touch base with who we are because we don't know who we are, or maybe we don't like who we are, or maybe we're not sure of who we are. And one of the biggest reasons why people come to me as an intuitive life coach is like, I've got this purpose. What is my purpose? I feel it. I know it. I just can't put my finger on it. And the blanket advice is sit and meditate. As you sit and still yourself, the, the chaos and confusion will calm its way so you can actually feel what's truly important. And that can change with each meditation session that you do. But the more you become in tune with what's you and what's the external forces around you, the more you can become in tune with yourself. And I'd like to share something because I think it's very funny because Ryan and I spoke before we got on this podcast this morning and I said, well, I have an Oracle card deck. It's called the Soul Reflection deck. And I said, cool, I have a meditation card in it. I'd love to share on this talk. And so I grab the deck. I go to teach yoga. And I proceed to drop two cards on the floor as I'm walking in the building. And the person who is the artist on the deck picked up the two cards. And she's, I said, well, you must need those. And the two cards were meditate and listen. So I would love to read you these two cards because that's how the universe works with me. I said, I need to find the card. There's 44 cards in the deck and I drop two. Meditation oh. and listen. And listening is really part of meditation. Yes. So the meditation card in the deck says, I'm here if you want to see it. I know I the people that. online can't. beautiful. Yep. It's a meditating Buddha. And it says the power of meditation is undervalued. Most people just don't understand that by meditating, we open ourselves up to the mysteries of all that is. When we tune out distraction, still ourselves and give ourselves time just to be, that is when all is heard. We get so quiet within that the universe can then shout in your ears what you need to carry you through on this journey of life. Life is not always easy, but it can be sweet in knowing that the mysteries of the unknown that come to us when we sit, when we still ourselves, when we meditate. That is when life truly begins to open up for us. So meditate now, meditate daily, just do it. You won't regret it and will be changed forever. And that's card 12 in the deck. And card uh, six, which is listen, says stop and listen. Do you ever really listen to what people are telling you, what you tell you? You need to listen. 
deeply listen to the guidance that comes all around us all the time. By focusing on what is heard, we begin to be able to filter out the static of unimportant information and get to the heart of what is truly important. Listen deeply, hear the unheard, know the unknown in the silence of your own thoughts. As we listen, all will become known in due time. So the two cards do go hand in hand. Um, and this deck is very dear to my heart because when I started channeling as an intuitive, I channeled the entire deck in one hour. And I didn't know I was creating a deck. I just channeled all these words, listen, meditate, life purpose, simplicity. Like they all came out, I wrote them and then created a deck. And so here it is. But the key to meditation is just doing and nobody will do, oh, I'm going to meditate, including myself. Uh, there's always an excuse of why you can't meditate. There's always a reason, oh, I'll find time later, or I have to make this call, or I have to clean the house, or whatever. But meditation is what we call in the Kundalini practice, and I am a Hatha and Kundalini yoga teacher, and I teach what I call energy-filled yoga, which is my style. Um, and meditation is something that is a requirement for us to know who we are. And it is your personal sadhana, which is your discipline. So it is a discipline for yourself. So when we don't do it, we're hurting ourselves because then we're scattered, stressed all over the place. And when we meditate, we become much less reactive and more responsive. So you might notice within yourself, if you are somebody who meditates and you let your practice drop off, you might notice yourself being a little sharper and more reactive to people and less in character of what you'd like to be when you don't do your personal practice. So if that helps that. you. I love that you led with that because I was going to ask you what, what does meditation mean to you or what, what, how would you define meditation? And I think you pretty much just covered that. You know, I have been practicing yoga meditation uh, since, let's see, since 1992, I think is when I began really moving into this practice. Before then, I used to work on Wall Street. Um, I was a business major from University of Michigan. This is not the life that I thought I was going to be going into. But the two go hand in hand because when you live a stressful life, you find yourself looking for stress-reducing techniques. So truthfully, one of the most beneficial things anybody could do is spend time in nature. And nature is meditation because if you sit and you just watch a dragonfly's wings or you sit and you watch the way the animal kingdom and the insects move, they speak to you and you become much more observant and it's a way to, again, calm your energy system down. And, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I think, more liberal in my meditation beliefs. Some people believe it has to be you must sit and you must sit for X amount of hours for X amount of time. But let's face it, in this world, that's not realistic so much. Life, you know, life's constantly moving. And so sometimes people have to be moving too. So what I say to people is, okay, one conscious breath. So let's do this now with me, if you would, Ryan. Okay, so how about you close your eyes? And I'd like you to take a deep inhale, inhaling all the way from the base of the spine up to the crown of the head and gently hold 
And then purse your lips and gently exhale the breath out slowly through the mouth. Now you can gently open your eyes. One breath shifts all your energy that quickly. So if you don't have time for formal practice, you know, you run off at work, you take a break, you run to the bathroom, you go take your breath. You go to the car at lunch to sit and have your lunch or whatever, you take your one breath, two breaths, three breaths. You can do the same thing with sound current. I begin my yoga classes always with chanting. I use the mantra Sat Nam. Sat is truth and Nam is name. So when you, you chant to the mantra Sat Nam, you are chanting to your own truth, your own authenticity. So you can, and I did it today in class, usually I start with one, but you do a long sound. You can feel the vibration, the sound current run through all of your body, and it can shift the way you feel if you remember to do it, right? Because when you're in the midst of stress and chaos, you're just going, you're just reacting, so it's about stopping and pausing and trying to find your breath to bring you to that space of ease or the sound current. So um, if that answers that question, I mean, it does. there are so many forms of meditation. There's a million meditation teachers, experts who spend their lives teaching this stuff. You have to find what works for you. So, because my so, way so, might not be your way. Right. For sure. Um, with you being an intuitive life coach and a yoga instructor um, and leading retreats, like you come into meditation probably more frequently than the average person would. It's part of your life. It's part of your work. It's what you do. How would you recommend people that maybe this isn't an everyday part of their life? How would you recommend for them to start incorporating meditation into their daily lives. Okay. So there's a lot of different ways to look at this. And you have to first begin with you as an individual. You need to carve out a space. So you have a 24 hours a day, right? You sleep for 12, maybe if you're lucky, right? Where is the place that you can find the most peace where you will not be interrupted for a short amount of time? Most people in the Kundalini practice, we talk about doing it in the Amrit Vela, which is before the sunrise. And I spoke a little bit about that in my yoga class this morning because it's really nice to meditate when the vibrational frequency of what is going on in the world around you is stiller. So right now, if you live in a household and your kids just came home from school and the dogs are barking and, you know, the phone is ringing and you just want to go away for 10 minutes or 11 minutes or whatever, three minutes, it's not going to happen because you're going to try to be still and you're hearing all the chaos downstairs, upstairs, whatever. So that's why it's really nice to sometimes do it in the morning before everybody gets up. You know, there are people who are not morning people and they'll just say, forget it, not happening. Okay. So then you could be the night person who's the night owl who stays up till two o'clock in the morning and you could do it right before bed. The problem with doing it later in the day, I will tell you from experience because I don't like to do it first thing in the morning myself, is the day gets away from you. And then by the time it's the re you're ready to meditate, you're exhausted. 
right? I've just did this. Oh my God. Now, oh shoot, I forgot to meditate. And in the Kundalini practice, we believe in trying to do what we call a sadhana. So a lot of times I'll do a 40 day sadhana of one meditation. And what's really cool about that is you pick one for a specific purpose. And I'll, I'll mention one called Kirtan Kriya. It's very mainstream. It came from the Kundalini practice. It uses different modalities within it. And it works on the energy field in your body. And it's a very basic one. It is also listed on the Alzheimer's site and it can help rewire the brain. It's called the change maker meditation. It's really, really powerful. You take your fingers like this and you do sa, ta, na, ma. And I know people can't see me, but it's index finger and thumb, middle finger and thumb, ring finger and thumb, pinky finger and thumb. And it's a mantra you first do it, sing song, Satanama. You do it for a couple minutes that way, a couple minutes. Still moving the fingers. Then you move the mouth. But you do it silently. You go back to the whisper and then back to the sound and then you sit. Very complicated. It really isn't. You could Google it in, find it online. You could find it on the Alzheimer's site. It's really basic. Starting with that is where I like to send a lot of beginners. Because it's the change maker. It's the beginning. You could set the intention of manifestation of what it is you're looking for in your life and then practice it. It balances out the elements in our body, okay? Because we have five fingers. Each finger represents we've got earth, water, fire, air, and ether. So as you connect each one to the thumb, which is the earth, you are grounding that intention into yourself. So it shifts meridians and moves energy through the body. So not only are you doing something, you are actually shifting energy frequency within your body. So that is the doing part. The meditating part is at the end where you finish doing it and you just sit and feel what it did. Because our minds are so busy, Ryan, if, if people can't follow, I've probably already lost a bunch of people in my complications, right? <laughs> we need a focus point. You have to focus because our mind is too busy and we cannot focus because you're thinking about everything else, okay? So in, yo in the yoga practice, in the meditation practice, what is your focus point? We call it dharana, concentration. What is your focus point? My focus today is going to be on my breath. That was your first thing, right? Conscious breathing. Inhale. I guided you to hold it. I guided you how to exhale it. That's your focal point. You could sit there and meditate on that same breath for three minutes and you will feel great. It will totally relax you. Simple. But after a while, your body will know it, feel comfortable with it, and you may start spacing out and have your mind start thinking again because now you're familiar with it. And as familiarity comes in, complacency comes in. Right. So then maybe you need something else and that's when you may use mantra. Mantra is so powerful for shifting your frequency. It's called the nod or the sound current. And that was what we did with the Satnam. So fabulous. I mean, chanting to me, that's how I got into Kundalini because chanting sound current, ancient language that vibrates through the tongue onto the upper palate, shifting energy within your body, activating your meridians, and you feel good and have no idea why. You don't even need to know what you're saying. It does not matter. The words are high vibrational, ancient language, and it shifts your frequency in your body and brings you to a space of more ease and peace. So that's a lovely way to meditate. The One of the simplest ones, which anybody can do, is light a candle and just sit and watch a candle 
Or I always love to make fun of my husband, but, you know, because he doesn't meditate even being married to me. And he's like, was waiting for me while I was on with the client. He was sitting outside at the fire waiting for me to come out, getting bitten by mosquitoes. But he sat there and he's like, I just spaced out looking the fire, just watching the fire, watching the changes of the colors, watching how it moves. And we've all done that. Everybody has always had times, right, where you just look at the fire or watching the waves at the beach. Or watching the horizon when you're at the ocean where the water meets the sky. There's a line. And you sit and you watch. And what happens is your mind will start originally thinking and you'll be sitting there, oh, I'm so lucky. I'm in the Caribbean and look at the beautiful water. And wow, I'm so lucky. Wow, I had such a good bonus this year. So I was able to come here. But, you know, I really don't like my job. Did you see how we just went from looking at the horizon to this whole story? So then what you have to do is say, oops, well, am I back at work? I'm on vacation. And you call yourself back to the horizon. And you're like, wow. And you just be with it. And then you might notice that your mind starts going again. And you're, you're thinking about what you're going to go to dinner and what are we going to do tomorrow while you're in the Caribbean. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. No, I'm not supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be present. And you bring yourself back. So it's training the brain to keep coming back to center. So most people say, I can't meditate because they find themselves always moving. But what will happen is slowly, you will find yourself wandering less and less. There'll be bigger spaces between your mind taking off and you will come back to center and be able to stay there. And you hit this space, which you know you call ecstasy, samadhi, you know, nirvana, this place of, oh, wow. And then the minute you feel it, you're like, you take yourself out of it because now you've grasped and want that. So then what you do is you come and you sit the next day trying to receive it again. And that grasping keeps it away from you. So meditation is not about what you're getting. It's about what you're receiving by surrendering and trusting in the process. And it's so beautiful. It could change your life. It can help you with, you know, the benefits of meditation are, you know, you could read them all over the internet, but they help with your blood pressure. They can help with stress, anxiety, um, you know, your, they help with your health because they keep you more relaxed. So people go to doctors to get healthy. When you have control of your own fate, you can actually use meditation as your own healing tool is, you know, any illness, most people who have any kind of chronic illness, they always prescribe visualizations and meditation. Okay, so you could use visualizations and meditations before you get ill, to help keep your body in balance to begin with. I think it's, um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because there's a lot of people that aren't into any of the like, Eastern practices or new age metaphysical practices. And yet they still meditate they just don't realize that they are They look at a flame or, you know, their doctor prescribed them to be consciously aware of things or to be mindful. And there's different words that we use to say the same thing, but it all ends up coming back to meditating and being self-aware and focusing on something, even if it's just a breath. Yes. And the breath can tell you a lot about where you're at. Is your breath long? Is it short? Are you chest breathing? Are you belly breathing? Or how, like when you inhale, how, how many counts can you do? Is, you know what I'm saying? It's like inhale 
and like, oh God, there's nothing left. When you exhale really long and deep, that helps to calm and relax you. You can learn about your mood by watching your own breath. And it's so fascinating to me. Um, I have this written on my website, and I, I think I read it in a book years ago, but I love to describe this to beginners of meditation, where view your mind as a glass of water, right? Then you take a um, some dirt and you throw it into the glass and you shake it all up and now it's muddy. That's your mind and life. We come in clear. You're born, you have perfect clarity, Right. Then all this stuff starts being thrown in. Learn this, learn to do this, eat that, do this, do that. And like, we're being inundated. Do you do this? Do you do that? Do I do? And your mind is spinning out of control, like the dirty water. So, but you put the glass on the counter and what happens is as it lays there, the water begins to gently settle and the clarity comes back. So it's a really beautiful visualization where the dirt is our thoughts is the confusion and the chaos all around us. It settles to the bottom and the clarity arises again when you take the time to sit. And that is truthfully how you begin to hear. You know, people talk to me, how do I become intuitive? Meditation was very much an integral part of it. I mean, there's many other steps that kind of came there, but meditation, bringing yourself to the stillness is when the universe starts pouring information in. Like I actually find it very hard because I sit down to go meditate and all of a sudden I'll, I get inundated with stuff that has to be written down and I have to stop a lot of times. But um, so if that answers that question. It does. Um, you mentioned, you know, the intuitive stuff coming through when you sit down to meditate. Would you like to talk more about your own uh, personal spiritual journey and what kind of, you know, what brought you to this point today? Oh, that's always one of those fun ones because, you know, I, the first thing that I would advise every single one of you who is on the beginning of a journey is write things down. Write your timeline because trying to reconstruct your timeline and figure out how you wound up where you wound up and how you got where you got once you're there is really hard to kind of go backwards and try to put it together. And you don't even realize you're on this journey. It just happens, right? I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I grew up in a very like, you know, you got, get a good job, make good money lifestyle, right? I had my business degree. I went to a great college. I worked on Wall Street. I had a phenomenal job, you know, and then fell in love, quit it all, moved to the moved from the East Coast to the Midwest and never looked back. Became a mom, became a yoga teacher, I always had, I always thought it was really exciting to learn about, you know, people who were intuitive. I always thought it was kind of cool, but I didn't really have any desire that, hey, I'm going to do that one day. It was never my intention. Oh, I'm going to cool become an intuitive, you know? I mean, I wasn't even so sure I believed in them. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's a lot of skeptics out there. You know, you kind of have that vision of the gypsy with the crystal ball and they're trying, are they telling you the truth or not telling you the truth? So I'm a very, um, honest human being. I'm a Libra. So fairness and all that's really important. So it's kind of an interesting career to do as a Libra, but I couldn't help it. When I, I went to India um, on along my travels and I was meditating in a cave, actually it was uh, in a Buddhist monastery. I was in a cave and I had gotten a message. And then I went out and I was meditating in this other part of it. And I wrote down, I'll never forget this because I didn't even know it. And I found it three years later. I had two little rainbow emojis and a statement in the middle of it that said, I will do what it takes. 
something I'm paraphrasing. Um, I dedicate myself to do what it takes to help elevate the human race. Do you know what it's like to find that like two years after you wrote it, not knowing you even wrote it or whatever. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, there it is. It's written. I guess I have to fulfill this obligation, right? Because I'm a very honorable human being. And it's like, I sit there and I think about what's happened. I foremost would call myself a teacher because of all of the knowledge and the wisdom that I have attained through my human life and the information that I have received through my connection to spirit. Because being a channel, I channel light beings on the other side. I am a medium, so I can channel, you know, people, you know, for, you know, if you had a family member or somebody you needed to connect to, I could get you messages from them. But it's more of the information, like I keep feeling even as myself, there's got to be more that I'm supposed to be doing with this to help the human race. But I don't have all the pieces yet. So I don't know where it's going to take me. So if you interview me in a month from now, it'll be completely different than today, right? <laughs> because I don't know where I'm going. I just know that every day I connect to spirit. Every day I channel. Every day I write things down. And through meditation, through sound healing, because I, did, you know, I'm a sound healing practitioner, through the Reiki trainings that I have taken and the Reiki trainings that I have created, um, I have learned so much. And what I have learned has humbled me so much that I trust in the information that is coming through me. And one of the things like I channeled this morning and I'm going to be posting on my Facebook page because I've been posting them regularly is about discernment. This is coming through loud and clear because especially now with what is going on in the world with AI. Okay. We've got this artificial intelligence now where you don't know where the information that you are reading is coming from. People plug things into the AI computers, they pull all this information and they spit things out. And it's really important that we discern, which is why meditation is so important. Because if you begin to be able to tell truth from not truth by you being able to use your physical body and energy system as a Geiger counter in a way to be able to tell this doesn't resonate or this does, but when we are so disconnected from ourselves, we can't feel that. Okay. So I, We'll send one blanket statement out to everybody out there. Please be uh, discerning about all the information that you receive from anybody, including anything you hear on this podcast today. You want to always try to come from acceptance, non-judgment, but then put it through your filters. And I like to talk about files. This resonates with me. I will, I will work with this and I will take it on. This I'm not so sure about. I'm going to put it in the maybe pile. This I disagree with. I throw it away. And I do the same thing with my yoga and meditation practice. I've gone to lots of teachers. Every teacher has something to teach you. I like this. I'll incorporate it. This doesn't resonate. I throw it away. This I'm not sure of. I'll play with it a little bit to see. And it's a perfect way to go through life and really get a good handle because this is going to be coming bigger and bigger and more prominent in our lifetime. We are not going to even know if the people that we are seeing are real or computer figurations of them. I think that the AI is, it's just beginning, but there's a lot that can be done with it, or I think we're going to be seeing a lot done with it over the next several years. So it'll be good and bad, good, good and, and bad. bad. Yeah. Good and bad. You know, So that, that discernment is definitely an important thing for people to remember. You know, it's been coming up from my guides 
over and over and over and over again. And it's something I've used in my whole life. And, and I would like to even say this to you, and this is very basic, but you don't really think about it. When you pick up a book, you assume that the person who wrote the book is an authority on the topic they're writing on. Anybody can write a book. And everything you are reading is just the opinion of the author. So every book that you read, see if you agree with the opinion and put it through that system that I just described. But do not assume that what you're reading is truth. And you might say there's a meditation teacher. Yes, of course, you want to follow along. When I have students in my class, meditate like this. But guess what? If you meditate like this and then you don't like the feeling of what you got from the meditation of this, then don't do it. Then try this. So a lot of the meditation classes I teach, we will do breathing. We will do sound current. We will meditate on scent. You could use essential oils. You can meditate on just sound and not be doing the sounding. You know, there's there's so many different forms. There's visualizations. You just Google in meditation and then keep trying. Watch YouTube videos and find something that you will do, right? What I find favorite for me, chanting is my number one. I go to chanting. But there's sometimes I don't want to chant. I just want to sit and be. Yeah. So today I'm going to be, tomorrow I'm going to chant, or maybe in the morning I'll just be, and in the evening I'll chant, or maybe I'm going to do a pranayama practice and work with the breath. Practice them, play with them. But the cool thing about doing the sadhana, the 40-day sadhana that I told you about before, is in the beginning it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. You don't know it. Then you hit that comfort point. And then that's when you start getting distracted and maybe a little bit of boredom, Right. And then towards the end, it becomes something, not something you, you do because somebody told you to do it. I have to do this. It's something you can't wait to do. I cannot wait to go back and meditate. Oh, my God, I just want to be in that space. You're looking forward and to it. When that switch happens is when you start diving into the magic of meditation. And you're not doing it because the doctor told you to or you heard it was good. You're doing it because your soul craves it and wants it. And it's a way of recognizing who you are. And when that happens, it is so beautiful. If anybody wants to get a hold of you or book one of your classes, um, how can they do that? Well, for as far as yoga is concerned, I only teach locally in uh, in Illinois in the Crystal Lake Park District. You can find me there. Um, I lead retreats. I have something I call Retreats Across America. It was a download that I got that I need to take small groups of women to every state in the United States. Um, I started this in 2020. I was leading retreats prior to that, but sort of reformulated. And so I've done nine states and probably about 30 retreats in, since 2020. I have a few left this year. I have um, two in Mount Shasta in August. No, excuse me, in September. Equinox retreats. I'm going to be going to Bali this year. I know it's not in America, but I'm going back to Bali and leading a retreat in Bali in October. That's and that's a... It's uh, um, Rituals, Rebirth, and Remembrance. And we're going to be in Bali for uh, five nights, six days, if that interests anybody. And I also have um, the eleven eleven Portal Meditation in Sedona. And that's all I have left for 2023. Um, I will be adding a schedule for 24, but um, I do not have that up on my uh, my website as of yet and um i might not be doing as many retreats next year just because of some family issues that i've been dealing with but they will be coming back so please come back and follow me um as far as the intuitive 
aspects. I am an intuitive life coach. So I teach people to become meditative, um, you know, tap into their meditative, uh, tap into their intuition. Uh, I lead, I do Akashic record readings, mediumship, just regular guidance, Oracle cards. And I also have some products that I sell online um, with my business partner, Lisa Nomikos. We have numerous card decks that you can check out on my website at lisagenady.com. And that's Lisa, G-N-I-A-D-Y. I post most a lot of stuff on Facebook, so please follow me um, under Lisa Gennady or also Lisa Alpert Gennady. I post them on both, and you can follow me there and see my channelings. That sounds fantastic, Lisa, and those links will be available in the episode description for today's listeners. Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all of your wisdom. We really, truly appreciate you being here. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you for listening to Good Vibes and Goats by Spotted Dog Acres. Please join us next week where we will be joined by Susan Atchison to discuss the wonders of aromatherapy. Until then, sending you love, light, and positive energy. Ah, mistake.